Blog Talk Radio. What's going on here? Why isn't it working? episode number 292. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. And what is this? Blog Talk Radio is shit the bed already. Screwed up our intro. I had to click it on. Oh, well. So I'm not really going to rant on anything. I'm going to reserve my rant to our first section after our games. And uh, I want to do that with my um, podcast buddies here. So uh, we're going to leave that one alone for right now. And I'm just going to open up their mics right now. And welcome to the show, Charles Cliff. Hello, how are you? I got something in my eye, and it's really bugging the shit out of me. That's not a good thing. No. Hmm. Sure, it's not your finger, eh? It's not my finger. (laughs) Okay. Maybe my elbow, but not my finger. Will, hello. Yes, sir. Hello. How are you guys today? I'm just living the dream every day. I was dealing with a bunch of stupid people with educations. Yep. Isn't that, aren't those the worst? People who think they know something because they're educated. No, because they have a piece of paper that says they are. That's correct. That's correct. I know lots of people like that. It's scary. It truly is. And and I, and I, and I, don't know how they get dressed they how they dress themselves in the morning okay yeah so mm-hmm. i was challenged today and i didn't have a great day and i ended up with something in my eye and i'm just pissed off about it so uh-huh. okay let's just move on and talk some football because i'm tired of this I'm tired of mostly i want to go to bed <laughs> i just want to go to bed okay I may just go, leave early and go to bed because I'm tired. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk football. We got our first game up, and uh, we got the Winnipeg Blue. Oh no, yeah, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and they are coming over to no Calgary is going to Winnipeg, from what I understand, and uh, we'll go that way. And uh, let's see. Oh, wait, what do we got here? We got Charles here, and then we got Will because he's always there, and then Mark's next, and then Chris. And CJS last, right? Okay, I didn't put the headers on my thing here. So Mark picks this game, Winnipeg 28, Calgary 20. I got no scores from Chris. Um, Charles, you're up. You're yes. first. You're in line. Well, Call the game. Tough one, eh? You got a team that's coming off of two um, back-to-back losses at home. Uh, so they're going to be pissed right off against yeah. a team coming off a bye. Uh, a lot of times it's difficult for teams to come off the bye because, uh, you know, you you get out of the rhythm while everybody else has been playing. Uh, some teams handle it better than others. Uh, Winnipeg play, played extremely well in their last game. They shut out the right at 31 nothing, but that was almost two weeks ago. So 
the momentum and so on like that is probably gone um, at that point. And you've got an angry Calgary team coming in who, like I said, lost two at home. They're not a team that loses very well, and they're certainly not going to be a team that loses two in a row very well. Three. So, yeah. Pardon? Yeah, they, they're not going to want to um, lose a third one. Uh, that's not in Dave Dickinson's name. That's not in that franchise's nature. Little old, forget Dave Dickinson. Um, the Bombers uh, still have not clinched a playoff spot, so they definitely have motivation in this one. Meanwhile, Calgary's just trying to cement down first place. They haven't done it yet, which is surprising because um, – Three, four weeks ago, you would have thought, oh, they're home and cooled out for first place. Well, Saskatchewan's starting to nip at their um, to nip at their heels a little bit. And I think the Stampede team wants to cement uh, first place. So um, it is a tough one to call. But I do think the Stampeders are going to bounce back this week. I thought it was they were going to do it last week. Um, I like the combination of them playing while Winnipeg was uh, on the bye. At least they've got still in their rhythm. Uh, oftentimes, teams coming off the bye can be slow starters because they're coming off of two weeks there. I am going to pick Calgary to win this one in a close game. I just think this team is too good to lose three in a row, even though they are going to be on the road. But I do think Calgary is going to win this game, and I'm going to pick Calgary to win it. Um, 28 to 24. Mark's got it 28 to 20. Okay. But the other way around. Winnipeg. Will, which team are you going to pick? Well, that's pretty obvious, I think. you going to pick with your head or your heart? Um, I'm going to pick with my head and my heart. Good. Um, a good answer. Winnipeg, you know, they they haven't beat Calgary in quite some time. Um they are the Winnipeg is the only team that or sorry, Calgary is the only team that Winnipeg hasn't beat this season. Okay. Um I would think that this game means more to Winnipeg than it does to Calgary. Because if they lose, man, their playoff hopes are getting slimmer and slimmer. And I, this is a hard game for me to pick. Because, I mean, let's if face it. Stampede, let's face it, the Stampeders suck. They lost to, they lost to BC and Saskatchewan. I don't can't remember when the last time that happened. True a horrible, dreadful team. They lost to Edmonton and, too. Yeah, but you know, in the back to back series they usually lose to Edmonton, so um and they didn't lose by much. Um I, I don't think Calgary's defense can come out ever again and play that bad as they did on Saturday night because they were atrocious. They couldn't stop anything. I always give uh, 
Calgary's offense a break because they have so many injuries, but they're starting, I would assume, now they're starting to gel. They didn't look that bad last Saturday, and I expect them to be even better this Friday. Um, and I think they must have something because I heard the rumor today that Bakari Grant can't get in the lineup. So they're still, and it's got to do with the ratio thing, but we'll see. But yeah, you know what? I'm I'm pretty convinced it's going to be pretty close. It's going to be uh, 36 to 12 for Calgary. Thank you very much. 36 to 12. Yeah, that's close. Really close. Yeah. Really yeah. close. I like that. Yeah. Okay, I don't have scores for Chris. Um, what to do with this one? Hmm. I'm going to pick this one 34 to 24 for Winnipeg. Just because. I have absolutely no reason. Calgary sucks. When I think Winnipeg is playing above their pay grade. I don't think they're as good as their record. And, uh, you know, if I had my others between the two of them, I would take uh, Matt Nichols over Bo Levi Mitchell. So I'm going to take Winnipeg on this one. Okay. Ottawa and Hamilton. I know what to do here. Hang on a second. Where is it? I don't care. Oh, Charles. Go ahead. All right, so this is the rematch from last week. It was a good game last week with Ottawa winning 35-31. So Hamilton has to hold serve. If they don't, their first place hopes are gone, and they're finishing second. So this is going to be a very motivated Hamilton team, but one wild card here. They don't have Brandon Banks anymore. He's done for the year. So that's a major piece of their um, pu- of the puzzle for their offense. Uh, quite frankly, uh, the question is whether or not they can um, survive uh, without Brandon Banks. I don't think they're going to. We'll talk about it a little bit later. I don't think they're going to. I think that they need him to really be at their most effective. And when he's not there, that takes a big um, target away from Jeremiah Mazzoli and makes their other receiving uh, core uh, that much tougher. They can focus on some of the other guys like Tasker and Sinkfield. And I think that's a bad combination for them. Um, I think Ottawa's got momentum with the win over them last week. I know Hamilton's got the home field. Uh, I just think that that team's wearing out, and I think that Ottawa's going to win this one again. I think it's going to be another close game. Uh, well, the, the one factor, though, is that we've talked all season. In fact, we talked last season about good Trevor Harris and bad Trevor Harris. He rarely plays two good games in a row. So that's the one thing that kind of scares me. Um but I'm going to say that he's going to buck the trend, and he's going to play two good games in a row. He may be crap in the last week if he plays at all, 
But I think Ottawa is going to win this one. I'm going to pick Ottawa 30. No, I'm going to pick Ottawa 27 and Hamilton 17. Mark's got this one, Hamilton 33, uh, Ottawa 30. Will, what are you going to do? Well, turn on your mic. He's going to fall asleep. I think he did. You know what? I, I know there I've been is. talking. I just didn't turn my mic on. Sorry. Um, I've been thinking hard about this one. And you know what? I look at the whole league right now, and I look at Mike Riley going backwards. I look at Christopher Jones' opinion of Bo <laughs> Levi Mitchell. And I think if Jeremiah Mazzoli keeps on going on, Jeremiah Mazzoli should be the MOP of the league. He's had a great year, and I don't think that's going to stop on Friday night. I don't think uh, I don't think Trevor Harris is going to have two good games in a row because he never has two good games in a row. And I think uh, Hamilton is a little pissed off. I think Hamilton also has better coaches. And I think uh, this is going to be That wouldn't a... take much. Well, I, I guess. Um, I, I, you you stopped me from doing my big wind-up here. Jeez. Sorry. Anyways, I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick Hamilton 36 and Ottawa 28. Okay. No scores from Chris. Like I said, marks are 33-30. This one's a tough one because, you know, you guys are uh, It's very difficult to win two back-to-back, uh, in a, two back-to-back games. And last week I was pretty damn confident Hamilton was going to take both games in this series. And Ottawa comes off and kicks them. Now I'm looking at it the other way, and it's more possible that Ottawa is going to take two games out away from Hamilton then it is Hamilton's going to split with them. But again, we, I, I'm looking at Trevor Harris, and Trevor Harris can't put two good games back-to-back. And that's been the entire season that way, or and longer. So, damn, it's a tough game to call. Um, I can't let uh, Charles just sit over on Ottawa all on his own, because then he's not winning with any confidence. So I'm going to pick the Ottawa Red Blacks, 33 and I'm going to pick the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats, uh, 30. So I'm going to take Mark's score in reverse. Don't know why. No good reason. But Ottawa's going to sweep this series. Here's another game that is really tough to call. And I don't know what to do on this one. But the BC Lions... And my dad would call them Vancouver Kittens, are traveling to Saskatchewan to play the Rough Riders in Mosaic Stadium. I shake my head. Mark Scott, Saskatchewan, winning this 28 23. Now, a part of me, deep down inside, says I want to watch the Riders win. Only for the simple fact that I think BC could walk through the East and make it to the Grey Cup. So taking the bye is a better route right now. That being said, 
I don't ever want to lose to the Riders. Not now, not ever. So I'm going to let Charles pick some scores here. By the way, Mark's got him Saskatchewan winning 28-23. I don't know if I said that already or not, but so what? Yeah, you did. Good. I'm repeating myself. I'm old and demented. <laughs> Charles, it's yours. Take it away. All right. So, BC and Saskatchewan. This is another game to look forward to. So, I see what CJ said, his point about the easier road through the East, but... Are the Eastern teams bad football teams? I don't think you can say that. Um, they may not be part of me. I never said they were. Oh, no. I just said I think they're um, better. Yeah. I think the West is better. I don't think anyone would dispute that. Um, but to be honest, <laughs> excuse me, um, I don't want to lose to the Riders. And. Uh, there's no part of me that can legitimately pick the Riders to beat the Lions. Uh, these are two pretty hot teams right now. These are two teams that are playing. You can make the case, and I think it would be easy to make the case, that since Labor Day, these have been the two best teams in the CFL. Uh, I don't think there's much doubt about that, to be honest. Well, there's um, an argument from Bomber fans. Pardon me? There's an argument from Bomber fans who are on a four-game winning Yeah, streak. I guess you, you you could also say that. I, I guess you, you can make Why that case as, as well. But two of the They're top basically three. two of the top three. I don't think there's any question about that. No, uh, so I'm expecting a very good game, and I'm expecting a very close game. Um, I think the key in this one for sure is for the BC Lions to get early pressure on Zach Caleros. Uh, get the footsteps in his hands. And um, you know what? They've got the riders have talented receivers, um, but they got to get Zach Claros running and maybe knock him down a few times uh, because I still think he can be fragile if he's getting bumped around and so on. But we'll, we'll wait and see that because um, we don't know. But I think it's going to be another one of these interesting games. Um... These ones are hard to call because both teams are playing very well. And it's looking like uh, Charleston Hughes will be back on the Riders' defensive line. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. That should, uh, that should be for, uh, make for lively discussion, I'm sure. Um, but I'm not picking the Riders to beat my Lions. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. I, there, there's a case to be made for it that, just, that I'm still not doing it. Um, I think the Lions' uh, defense is playing really well right now. I think they have the ability to shut down the uh, offense of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, let's face it. I'm not going to make any insults on the um, Riders' defense because they're also playing good football. So this is probably going to be a lower-scoring game. I don't think, um, to me, I think that works out that way. But the Lions have beaten the Lions have beaten better offenses than the Riders. They beat I would put Calgary's offense well right now. So so I think Edmonton's offense is better than the Riders is. Uh, they beat Winnipeg once. I think Winnipeg's offense can be better than the Riders is. Uh, you might even make a case that Ottawa's offense, when they're playing, they're on their top of the level, can be better than the Riders is. So this is a tough one. I think it's low scoring. 
But ultimately, I'm picking my Lions. I think they're playing really good football right now. And they're just kind of riding a wave right now. So I'm going to pick the Lions to win this one. Uh, I think it's going to be rather low scoring. I'm going to go uh, BC 22 and Saskatchewan 16. Okay. Will. Well, you know, I tend to disagree with you guys as far as if the East is going to be the easier way to the Grey Cup because nobody's ever done that. Okay, so, and yeah. the teams have always been weak in the East. So, and I don't know what it is, if it's you're playing away from home or what it is, but it doesn't seem to happen. But on the other hand, you know, it's 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 a dogfight right now to get into the West playoffs, and it's going to be a dogfight to get out of the West. And it doesn't matter which teams are in there. So, um, you know, BC, I, and, and I don't like to admit this to, to the two other guys on this podcast right now. I think BC is on a roll that nobody's going to be able to stop. We like you. And I actually, that I actually, I actually, I actually think their offense is competent, if not pretty good and their defense is is actually quite good and if you look at that whole roster of uh, BC they got quite a nice combination of old and new guys okay and I and it just seems to be the right combination I, I really think uh maybe one of Calgary's downfalls right now is they actually did. And I said at the beginning of the year, they did get rid of too many vets. And when, when you need the vets is when there's problems going on with your team. And I don't think Calgary has enough vets. Yep. So, um, I, uh, I've said this all year. I don't think Saskatchewan's a good football team. I think their offense sucks until they play Calgary. Their defense <laughs> is their defense is okay. It's not fantastic. Okay. Um and I I don't uh I don't think Saskatchewan's that good of a football team. And it's not because I don't like Saskatchewan. Well you know I don't like Saskatchewan. I'm not a real big fan of B C either. But I said nice things about them. So I think this is gonna be I don't think there's going to, you know, and, and I give Saskatchewan a little bit because you got to play in that, that Saskatchewan place, and that makes a difference. But, but if, you score too, if you score quickly, those fans shut up, and you don't hear from them. So that's what BC has to do. I am going to call this one BC 36. Saskatchewan, 16. If you analyze these two teams back and forth, Saskatchewan's defense is good. They are above average in this league. BC is a little bit better than above average. I'm not going to say they have the best defense in the league right now, but it's also been a work in process. So when you look at the stats, you don't, you, you take in the first six games, which were absolutely pathetic, 
and you're not taking in the last six or seven games. So the stats really don't tell the story of the BC defense. They don't tell the story about the BC offense. And yes, every team goes through its little slouch. Winnipeg went lost four in a row, and we thought, oh my God, they're crashing. They were down in fifth place. And then they came back and won four in a row. And now they're vying for second place. I don't think they can make it, but so be it. Let them try. Um, the only way they can do it is if – never mind. It's not going to matter. I don't think they um, can, can they? I don't, I don't think Technically they can. They can. It, it's, mathematical pro, it's mathematically possible, but I would say it's highly unlikely. They they got to win two games. Saskatchewan has to lose their game. They have to lose the game by X amount of points or something like this. I don't know. They, they Saskatchewan has the season series, so in a tie, I think Saskatchewan wins this one. So I don't think it's mathematically possible in all arguments' sakes. Because Saskatchewan both won both the Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl, and then Winnipeg <coughs> beat them the the, t- right. the next time around. So that means that Saskatchewan has the season series. So if Winnipeg wins two games right now because they got two games left, that would make them 11 wins. Saskatchewan has to lose their last game to BC, which is this weekend. That would make them 11 wins. So with both teams at 11 wins, Saskatchewan has a season series and wins. That's my belief. Right. But there's also a scenario where there's also a scenario where three teams can tie. I do believe I was listening to something today. That's correct. And that's if BC, Winnipeg, and Saskatchewan all tie at 11. Yeah. Then BC gets second place. As long as they beat Saskatchewan by more than three points. Yeah, four points. Yeah, something like that. Four points or more. Four four points or more, yes. Right. Okay. Then, yes. And then Saskatchewan would be in third, and Winnipeg would cross over. Right. Edmonton cannot take second place. They could take third. Yes. That's correct. So we'll see what happens. This weekend makes a lot of clarity in yep. our much playoff situation. So um, I'm, this is me, my pick here. So I'm still working on BC Lions and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, BC's offense is hands down better. Yes, I believe that Zach Caleros is, is the most talented quarterback in the CFL, and I've been saying that for many years, and I'm not going to stop saying that just because they're playing the Lions. I also believe he's got this level of fear to him, and he hears footsteps from behind. If he can play, get the, his head back in the game, he's going to be amazing. I, he does not yet have his head back in the game, and Saskatchewan does not have an O-line that is capable of protecting him against BC's full rush-out defense. So if BC's defense plays the way they did against Calgary, which was put nothing but pressure on Bo Levi, and they do the same thing to Zach Calero, he's going to fold up like a cheap tent as well. And Saskatchewan is not going to be able to score worse shit. Now, we're going to go on to this in a couple minutes when we talk about the riders because I got a whole rant about that. But uh, I just don't see Saskatchewan 
being remotely capable of beating BC this time around. And the only X factor here is the stadium. And you guys are both right. Score first, score often, and that shut that place down. Shut them up. Shut them up, shut them down, throw them away. Make it a non-factor. And as soon as you do that, then you're going to go. So I'm going to take the BC Lions. There's very little doubt in this one, but I'm going to take them 28 to 21. I know that was a little rant, but it is my Lions. And like I said, it, it's I'm not going to be offended or disappointed if they don't win this game. I know that all the Ryder fans are going to be yelling and screaming and in your face gloating because that's what they do. But that's beside the point. I'm not mm-hmm. just going to be disappointed if they lose. The last game. Oh, this is the one where we got to do that, right? Is the Toronto Argonauts going to Montreal to play the Montreal Alouettes. No, 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 you can't do that. You got to do that. Okay, this is a a continuation of the snorball from last week where we saw the Toronto Maple Leafs squeak out a victory against the Montreal Alouettes. Is this the day that Johnny Manziel gets a victory? Do we even know if Johnny Manziel is starting the game? Yes. And is there any truth to this article by Three Down Nation that says Johnny Manziel is hated in the dressing room? Hated. So, I don't know, man. What is going on in this game and who cares? Charles, uh, Montreal 22, Toronto 18 is the score by Mark. Mm-hmm. We're getting an echo in the background. Is that somebody's thing or is that blog talk screwing up? Probably blog talk. That's you. Not me. It would only mean if somebody else had a speaker in the background. Okay, anyhow, beside the point. Um, Charles, pick this one. Toronto, Montreal. Montreal going to win the first game, or Johnny Manziel going to get his first game? All right. Well, this is the big rematch from last week. They had a barn burner last week, and uh, this is one that everyone's been looking forward to after last week's, I can't even fake it. It's not even close. All right. uh, So this is, yeah, these guys, this is the one bad team against the other bad team, and, um, yeah, so this is, who is the least dysfunctional? Um, to be honest, I was um, I was all ready to pick Montreal to win this one until about uh, an hour and a half ago when I saw this article about is Johnny Manziel is hated in the locker room. Now, first of all, I'm going to say, A, point this out, A, it's a three-down nation article. We know their track record in the past has not been stellar. Second of all, I always get I always get nervous when I hear people quoting unnamed sources, uh, a player that didn't want to be named, and so on and so on. I always get nervous about that because you know what? 
if you're going to just say unnamed sources and this and that, you don't really have a source at all at that point. You just, uh, I don't know. Why don't you who, just who be honest and say, by? hey, I'm making this shit up. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is unnamed <laughs> sources from Three Down Nation. Is this really hard to, I don't know. But regardless of who the unnamed sources and so on is, this just makes a dysfunct this article being out there, whether it's legit or not, just makes a um dysfunctional um situation even more dysfunctional. So I don't think this is particularly helpful at all. And uh, let's face it, both of these teams are playing out the string. Neither one of them are going anywhere. They're going to be done a week from now. So these guys are just trying to go through the motions without getting hurt. And um, there's not much more uh, to say on this. So I was going to go with Toronto, but I just think this stupid article is not going to help. True or not, it's just um, it's out there now, and it's just going to bring up a lot of bad feelings with people. So I'm going to say Toronto's going to pull this out. They're probably the least of the dysfunctional now. And um, this is on at 10 in the morning on Sunday. So, yeah, I'm not sure how many people in outside of Ontario and Quebec are be, going to be watching. Then again, I'm not sure how many people inside Ontario and Quebec are going to be watching. Uh, whatever. We're going to pick this one, Toronto 24 and Montreal 12. Johnny Manziel, where is it? Where is it? Hang on. There was something in here that was interesting. The 25-year-old is 0-6 as a starter, completing 95 of 146 passes, 65%, which isn't really that bad, for 1,092 yards, three touchdowns against seven interceptions while rushing 25 times for 177 yards. Wow. Will, who are you picking? Yep. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> no, you don't. Um, well, without wasting too much air, I'm going to pick the uh, Montreal Alouettes. And I'm going to pick them 56 to the Toronto Argonauts, 53. It's going to be a barn burger on Sunday morning. (laughs) You know, if you actually cut about 10 or 15 points off each one of those scores, it might be enough to take something away from Mark. But, uh, yeah, who cares? Who cares? I'm picking Toronto Argonauts in this one, and I'm going to pick them 26 to 21. Seven field goals, Montreal. That's a pathetic. Seven, seven field goals for Montreal. Well, that actually, BC did that the other day. Seven field goals in a the game. They won, but seven field goals. Come on, like, give your head a shake. Finish a game. How many times did I bitch about Montreal or Winnipeg Blue Bombers for winning games with field goals? 
I can't stop Lot. saying that just because the BC Lions did it. Fair enough. You know, that's pathetic. A win's a win's a win, baby. A, a, a win's a win a win. Right? That's Will's comment. Okay, so this is unnamed sources that are in this article here on Johnny Manziel. They hate it in uh, Alouette's locker room report. It's also an anonymous three-down staff writer. Oh, jeez. Of course How can anyone put any stock into something like this? You don't even know who the damn writer is, let alone the source. Yep. So who cares? Why does anyone care about this? There's, there's I no don't know. Why did to... you put it on the agenda? <laughs> I didn't. Didn't you? Like it's not little, on the little... agenda. Okay, so... Somebody brought this up. It must have been me. Okay. Yeah, it was on the. Yeah. Anyways. It was you. Fuck his foot in his mouth that time. <laughs> Come on, that was funny. Yes, it was. Okay, I'm good with that. I'm totally good with that. Where are we in this? Oh God. So that's like the game's on a wrap. They're pretty well evenly split here. We've got the, only the BC Saskatchewan game has a, a solo pick on Saskatchewan by Mark. Everybody else, there's a two pick Calgary, two pick Winnipeg, two pick Ottawa, two pick Hamilton, two pick Toronto, two pick Montreal. Kind of cut up there. We need Chris to come in here and break some ties. Or. Or make some ties. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Where are we now? I got a new thing. Okay. So I'm going to rant on something here just for a little bit. But I want to ask you a question because you two know me better than just about anybody else in this Let's Talk franchise, in the group, in the podcast, in anything else. You know me better than just about anybody. Do you think that it would make a difference my opinion of what happened to Charlton Hughes, if Charlton Hughes was on the Bombers or the Argos or the Red Blacks? Not a chance. Or the BC Lions? Nope. So you think that I would be just as adamant about my position on Charlton Hughes right now if he was a, an Edmonton Eskimo? Yes, I think so for sure. Will, what's your thoughts on that? I agree. I mean, if if you've if you've if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that you're very you're very Vocal. adamant about those things. The only problem is <laughs> it's always the writers. Yes, they're the ones that are always fucking up. That's the problem. That's the problem. Okay, and it makes you look like you don't like the riders, and people think if it was happening to any other team, you'd take a different stance, but they can't say that because it never happened to another team. They're the ones that are always doing it. It's not whether (laughs) they've got houses set up for their uh, extra players, whether they've got people on trial for attempted murder, whether they've got pot can, or arrest, whether they've got drunk driving arrest, it, it's not happening to other teams. It's happening to the riders. 
over and over and over again. So I'm not picking on the riders. I'm not. I'm just pointing out the simple fact that Charlton Hughes should not be playing football until after his day in court, which is October 31st. So if he's going to court in October 31st, he pleads guilty. The judge says $500 fine, go to work. I'm okay with that. But until he has his day in court, he should not be representing a corporation in the public image. And that corporation being either the Saskatchewan Rough Riders or the Canadian Football League. So if the Saskatchewan Rough Riders don't have a problem with bringing him back to play football right now, then the Canadian Football League should, and Randy Ambrosi should step up, show some balls, and be a commissioner. And I don't see that happening. Because why? Because the Saskatchewan Rough Riders get picked on by the league too much. Well, no, it's because the Saskatchewan Rough Riders fuck up more than any other team. I'm going to complete Charlton Hughes should not be playing football until after his court date. What do you, what do you want to say? Question. Go ahead. I got a question. How Ask did it? Charleston Hughes get such a quick court date? I don't know. Because I've had two or three buddies go through this in the last couple of years, and we're talking five and six months before they get a court date. And I understand Alberta is bigger, or Calgary is bigger than Regina, but I also understand uh, DUI arrests in Saskatchewan than there is in any other province per capita. So you would think that their courts are backlogged. Are you picking on Saskatchewan again, Christopher? No, I'm not. I'm per- stating facts. Oh, is that a fact? That's a fact. Okay. It's, it's a fact. It is people don't like facts, then they Per capita, Saskatchewan has the most drunk driving convictions in the in in all of Canada. Well, huh? Fact. Which would go? Which would go to? Which would go to Ed Ganey's point that Saskatchewan is boring? Oh, Regina. <laughs> Regina is boring. Regina is boring. I guess if you don't drink and you don't drink and drive and you don't get in fights in bars, Regina would be a pretty place. <laughs> so I've got people, I, I've got emails, texts, whatever, over the last few days or since the last podcast particularly, for both pro and con on my position from both rider fans and non-rider fans. I have actually had a lot of rider fans agreeing with me on my stance that says Charlton Hughes should not be playing. So when that happens, I have to now sit back and say, well, you know what? Not all Saskatchewan fans are idiots. There's some really good Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans out there. And I know there is because our buddy Tony is a great man. And there are a lot of really good Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans out there. But then there's Jason Fitchner, or whatever the hell his name is, that just is ranting. He's got verbal diarrhea over there on the CFL Facebook page and ranting and ranting and ranting about all sorts of stupid things makes absolutely no sense and, and calling me out for absolute ridiculous things 
saying that I'm a rider hater. Well, you know what? I don't hate any team in the CFL. I like riders the least in the CFL. That's that's something I don't hate. I, I, I don't hide. I really don't like the team. Okay, that's a fact. Uh, you know, if if that, it's a fact, um, because of their culture that they have created, where nobody else matters. It's whether it's Rod Peterson saying that they're Canada's team or whether it's somebody throwing in your face that they have the most amount of T-shirt sales or whatever it is, I really don't care. You guys got nothing else to do in town but cheer on the Rough Riders. Okay, I'm going to get myself in trouble and I'm going to get a bunch of private messages real soon. And I really don't care. Um, no, it just uh, it does just simply doesn't matter to me what the riders of fans' opinions are, and I really, you know what, I don't want the BC Lions to lose to the riders this weekend, but I'm not going to be disappointed if they do. I'm not going to be upset about it, and I can't stand the gloating that's going to come from the rider fans, and that's why I'm picking the Lions to win, and I'm going to cheer every minute of the game for them, and damn, I hope they win just to shut the little motherfuckers up. Deep sigh. Okay. Charles, your turn. I told you I was going to do a rant on this one. Uh, he kind of figured that. I'm not surprised. Um, look, uh, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, the uh, court date I'm is not surprised. in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. The court date's in a couple of days. So why not just – why do you not just wait until – uh, the court date happens. It's in a few days. You're still getting them back for the last week and for the playoffs. Um, maybe. I think it makes sense. Well, yeah, maybe. But I think it personally makes sense uh, to just sit them out uh, one more game. Um, this not a life or death game. You can still – it doesn't even necessarily make a difference you, the Riders could lose this game and still get second place. I don't know if they could. They might even be able to get first, actually, uh, if Calgary loses. But to be honest, it's just um, I don't see a reason to play them. I mean, you, the CFL wants to send a message that crap like this doesn't go anymore. So you've got to, um, I think, uh, you know, err on the side of caution. And should the league step in? Yeah, they probably should. Are they going to step in? No, they're not going to step in. Of course not. But um, I personally think it makes more sense just sit them down. And if you sit the guy out at least for two games, then that's something to think about. One game doesn't do much for people, especially seeing as I didn't even see the fact that they um, suspended him because I don't believe they suspended him. Uh, So he got one game off, but he still got paid. Oh, no, they gave him a paid day off. Those bastards, come on. If you're going to assess punishment against a guy who broke the law, who got uh, arrested, yeah, with a DUI, but it's still breaking the law. You can't have your players doing this. So make the, suspen- make the, the punishment fit the crime. Because to me, one game isn't enough for a DUI. I'm sorry, you've got to at least give them two games. Um, it, but they're not going to. And 
and people say, oh, you're always picking on the riders, you're always picking on the riders. Almost every time, or probably a good 90% of the time, it's the riders guys get nailed for this stuff. Taj Smith, Deron Carter, now we've got this guy, Charlton Hughes. I mean, we're, we don't put these guys on these teams, and we don't make these guys do this stuff. But if they're going to go out and they're going to act stupid, you're damn right we're going to call them out. And in, and like uh, Christopher said earlier, it doesn't matter what jersey they wear. If Charlton Hughes was a bomber or an Argo or a Ticat or an Eskimo or a lion, or a lion for that matter, it doesn't matter. You do something stupid, we're calling you out. Well, there was a lion just recently we called out. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but we gave him a bad time because of stupid things he did. I'm trying well, to we remember. Did, we, we yelled at Young for taking out that uh, that streaker. The the fan, yeah, right. Yeah, the Even assaulted the. the it, it's hilarious, but he shouldn't have done it. it it's not his job. That's what security is for. Of course, he shouldn't have done it. Yeah, but still, um, this is not rider bashing. They like to say it's rider bashing. It's not. It's making sure the player that committed the offense gets justly punished for it. And I don't think one game does it. Okay. And uh, uh, I, let me put this out, too. I no, go got ahead. no bearing that the fact is that the Riders are playing the Lions this week. No bearing at all. So don't go there. And don't send your hate mail saying, oh, you just don't want him in the lineup because he's playing the line." No, it's got nothing. To, I don't care who they're playing this week. Make the punishment fit. Okay. Are you done? Yeah, now I'm done. Okay, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. About what? And I, apolo- and I apologize for that. I don't think that sitting Charlton Hughes for one game or two game is a punishment. It's not up to the league or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to punish him. It's up to the courts of Saskatchewan to punish him. What I believe right now is Charlton Hughes, the corporation of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the corporation of the Canadian Football League should not have an accused criminal representing them publicly. That's where my position is on this. I don't think that by suspending him right now, we're punishing him. Okay, that's not their job. The job is that, is it okay to show that Charlton Hughes gets a one-game suspension with pay for a drunk driving conviction? Or not a conviction, but an an accusation. So that means that right now it's okay. We're telling the kids out there, we're telling the public out there that don't worry about it. It's not really that big a deal. That's where I'm having a problem with this, is this is is not a punishment. This is removing a cancer from the public eye. And I, you know what? I'm not calling Charlton Hughes a cancer. I'm calling the act of what he did a cancer. You don't want something that is representing that, whether he was caught shoplifting or whether it was whatever else, or I don't care who it was. I don't care what team it was on. That person should not be representing your team, your league, until there's been a punishment and a, um, what do you call it? Sentence. No, no, no. It, it, serving his time, paying his fine, oh, okay. do, doing whatever, whatever reconciliation there has to be with the, the in, in the public eye with the crown. Okay, that's where I believe that this should be. Now I've had idiot rider fans because I have no other word to describe them. 
telling me, oh, but it's okay for Chris Rainey to be on the BC Lions. Well, let's get this straight here, okay? Chris Rainey was charged with common assault in Florida five years ago. He was immediately released by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He went to court. He pleaded no contest, was given a $500 fine and a conditional release. To me, the man has paid his dues. He's able to carry on his life, and he should be allowed to continue on in his chosen field, which is football. Now, if this NFL has chooses not to take him on anymore, then that's his problem. It's not ours. So the man's paid his dues, and he's moved on, and he's playing football for the BC Lions. So if you want to drag that shit up, you're not going to do it with me, because it's not going to fly. And Charlton Hughes, if on October 31st, he goes into court and he's told to pay a $500 fine and he loses his driver's license for a year and he pays the fine and he surrenders his driver's license, I'm completely okay with him because he has now paid his dues to society. Carry on with your life. Until that point in time, he shouldn't be playing football. William, your turn. <laughs> How can I follow up those guys? Okay, now I I'm not I'm I'm similar to you guys. I've always believed life is about choices. I've made mistakes in my life, and I've paid the consequences. Okay, and then I've moved on. If I own the I'll tell you what I would do. If I own the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, it's a private team, and I own them. The day Charleston Hughes got pulled over for this, he's cut the next day. I don't agree with that. I do. I, I don't think that. I cut. I, yeah. And and the reason, hold on, the reason is, yeah. My company, and I'm talking about Saskatchewan Rough Riders. If I own them, yeah, I would have a policy. Okay. They do. Okay, but as far as as and and it goes back to making my company look bad. And he's made my company look bad for making a bad choice. And there has to be consequences for your bad choices. All right? In today's society, people get away with everything, and there are no consequences. Okay. So after I cut him, and he goes to court, if he gets off then I would more than welcome him back to my team. No, he's a free agent. So he, well, he would no, probably tell that. you to fuck off I and die. That. I wouldn't have got him. Absolutely. And I and I'm willing to take that I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah. They, giving I up mean, an asset yeah. like that doesn't make sense. But suspending him without pay until then is probably it, and keeping him on the contract yeah, but, which to me is is a yeah, greater punishment. To me to me to me is not an asset. He's not an asset. He goes to my reputation. And if he does stuff like that, he ruins my reputation. It's that simple. Yeah. For me. I'm not arguing with you. I don't disagree with you. And I understand completely. And if that was my football team, I probably would do the same thing. But. You also have to look at what team is going to turn around and sign him right away. 
that's the thing, because if you cut him, he's the free agent the minute you cut him. So if he so what's he lost? Not, well, they're waiting. What's he lost? Nothing. No. But you've hurt Nothing. you've hurt your company. And I know you've hurt your company with the concept of, of saving his reputation, and that is worth it. But I would suspend his ass. I would wait till the after the court case, and then I would decide whether or not I wanted to reestablish him. But I would put keep him if I want if I if I was in the position of you and your thought pattern, I would put him on the six gay injury list for the rest of the game and release him in the off season, not allowing him to go anywhere else to play football. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, what is what is a proper punishment for him? I don't is it believe two this games? is a punishment. Is it five games? Is it six games? Is it twelve games? What is it? I don't believe it's the league's job to punish somebody for this. Okay, it's not. They didn't do it to the team. Okay. This is this okay. is between this is between him and the crown. This has got nothing right. to do with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This has got nothing to do with the CFL. The only thing that this does is make them look bad. Right. It goes to the reputation. And goes they would have reputation. an employee. They would have an employee in their employee that ruins your reputation like this or, or does this to you, okay? Suspend I, I mean, it, he does not. He does, obviously... I, I and I and I believe that you never know what the consequences are until you break the rule. But there should be consequences when you break the rule. And if it's the ultimate consequence, so be it. I I'm not arguing with you and as the owner of that company, you have the chosen right to do what you want. Now I'll tell you where this your theory breaks down. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are not a privately held company by somebody with morals. They're a community-owned team owned by the fan base. And the fan base has proved over and over again that they don't have the moral structure that the other teams do. Now, before the Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans all have a space cadet on me, Go to www.riderville.com, which is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders website, slash code hyphen of hyphen conduct. And go read the code of conduct in there. I've done it many times. I'm sure you didn't even know it was there. And realize that this is a document This is a legal binding document that each player signs when they sign a contract with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So he is not only bad in the public eye, he's in breach of contract. It's disgusting that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have a code of conduct and they cannot implement it on their own players or not willing to because it might cost them a victory. That in itself is disgusting. And that's the same thing that happened when Taj Smith was playing or shouldn't have been playing because he was on, he was aggravated assault, which is, includes assault with a weapon, assault with the intent to uh, bodily injury and attempted murder. 
That's the actual crime that he was charged with. That wasn't just simple assault. It was aggravated assault. And if you have any problems, go look up the uh, governor, whatever it is, the Crown Council, um, because it's word for word of what that is. I don't know. I'm just – I don't understand how one team can be so morally bankrupt and the fan base following them. You know what? I think they would get far more respect, not only from all of the fans in this league, but even from the Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans themselves if they did what they were supposed to do with this code of conduct and actually said, no, you know what? It doesn't matter if we win or lose. We're going to do what's right for the public. We can win without him. Anybody else want anything to add? No? No, I think we've seen it. I think we've said it all pretty much. I'm just tired of fucking stupid people yelling and screaming at me because of my opinion when their opinion is, is, is not one. They haven't got an argument. They just don't like what I say. If you don't like what I say, fine. I'm perfectly okay with that. You, you have that option to do that and just say, I disagree with you. Then tell me why and make an argument as to why I'm wrong. Because if you can't do that, then why open your mouth? Okay. By the way, people, insulting someone is not an argument. No, no. You've already lost the argument. When you insult somebody or you call them a name, you've lost the argument. I don't even respond to you. Yeah. When you insult someone, then uh, your argument pretty much goes out the window. It's childish. It's schoolyard. Okay, I'm moving on. And right into the BC Lions. Speculation is already making the rounds about who will replace Wally Buono as the Lions head coach. Oh, my good Lord. Why are we doing this? We're still in a football season. Why are we doing this? Okay. So, here are some of the candidates to replace Wally Buono as head coach. Now, I'm more concerned about uh, vice president director of football operations than I am about head coach, but that's beside the point. That's just me. Uh, Mark Washington, BC Lions current defensive coordinator. No. Uh, Devon Claybrooks, the Calgary Stampeders defensive coordinator. I think this one's highly unlikely. Uh, but if he wants to be a head coach, it might be an option. I, it, he, he's in my top two or three picks. Let's put it that way. Corey Chamblin, no fucking way. I don't want the Riders' culture to be brought into the BC Lions, okay? This man did everything that Chris Jones is doing, and he, the code of conduct did not exist under Corey Chamblin, okay? It just did not. Uh, no way in hell do I want this guy in the BC Lions or, organization. Uh, Orlando Steinauer. Yeah, I don't mind Orlando Steinauer. Pretty brilliant man. Uh, again, another defensive guy. 
he's the assistant head coach in Hamilton and knowing that June Jones isn't going to be there forever. And he is pretty much a tie cat. I think he's pretty much glued to that organization and isn't doing too much else. Uh, Scott Milanovic, former quarterback in the CFL, former head coach of the Toronto Argonauts, who is the current QB coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, he's going to give up the QB coach positioning of the Jacksonville Jaguars to come over to the BC Lions and be a head coach. Not going to happen. He's already been down that road. He's already been a head coach in the CFL. He doesn't have anything to prove in this league, and he's off making more money than he could possibly want or able to in the CFL. Um, There's talk that it's going to be Jason Moss, Edmonton head coach, who is about to get fired. Uh, No, thank you. Uh, Mike Benavides, second time around with with him. Uh, No, thank you. I didn't like him the first time around. Why would I like him the second time around? I didn't like, I didn't like him before he was hired. Never mind after he was fired. Uh, Paul, not sure if he is going to move out of Winnipeg. He's pretty happy with that. Although I know he's got some different needs and everything else that could be justified and dealt with in Vancouver, but no, I don't think Paul's going anywhere. Uh, Marcus Brady. He's an assistant QB coach in uh, Indianapolis. That's possible. Uh, Kent Austin. No, he's been to Vancouver. We don't want him again. The person that they have completely forgotten on this list, actually there's two of them, and they would be my two choices besides uh, Devon Claybrook, would be Noel Thorpe, the current defensive coordinator of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, was also the defensive coordinator of the Montreal Alouettes under Mark Tressman. Uh, amazing defensive mind. I, I think that he would be an extreme asset and very doable there. I've, I've always thought that he would make a good head coach. And Mark Tressman is going to be available from the Toronto Argonauts, and that would be my number one pick for new head coach of the BC Lions. The man knows how to win football games the man knows how to win gray cups two or three in montreal and one in toronto come on somebody's got to take this guy and i bc lions why not why not there there's the article in a nutshell there's my thoughts on the article in the nutshell will the only one that you got i any skin in the game is losing uh, Devon Claybrooks and you're going to lose him anyhow because he's not going yeah, to stay back heard, up to I've, Dickinson I've, forever. I've, I've, I've heard things about Devon, Devon, Devon Claybrooks, okay? I don't Good know if bad. you want Devon Claybrooks. Bad. Okay. I've heard things about Devon Claybrooks. Um, okay. um, you know, one of the names they didn't bring up and you know, Neither I did mean, I? they brought up no, you didn't bring him up. They they brought him in for a reason. And I don't think he's been that great. But you never know. Jarius Jackson. No. You never know. You never know. Oh, God. It would be too bad. I don't think Jason Moss is going anywhere anywhere because if you remember correctly, guys, he signed an extension this year. And I don't yeah, think he's going to get miss rid of the playoffs. Him. 
I think they got to fire. Yeah, him. but I mean, next year he'll he'll get fired when he doesn't have Mike Riley. Um, I I like Tressman, but I've also heard things that that's not a that's not a for certain thing, and and no matter what's going on there, they'd be crazy to get rid of Mark Tressman. Yep. Insane well, to get he, rid of Mark Tressman. Does he want to continue in that organization? Well, that's really it, I guess. Um, yeah. So they, they, he, he could be let out of his contract if he was given the um, head coach, assistant director of football operations. Because he doesn't want to be a GM. He's already said that. So he doesn't want... And we've got a GM, so he could be assistant GM, but he doesn't really want the position, but that would just be a promotion to get him out of Toronto. So he could be let right. out of that contract. Sure. Um, just by giving him a fake title. I mean, you brought up Noel Thorpe, and you brought up, and they brought up Mark Be- or Benavides, and they've brought up Orlando Steinhardt. But once again, I don't know. I mean, other than Wally... Like you said today, other than Wally and Don Matthews, defensive guys usually don't make great head coaches. No, and every one of these guys is a defensive head coach or a defensive mm. coordinator except Scott Milanovic. Dave Ritchie you know, was look at, one. Yeah, Dave Ritchie was at, never at, that successful. He won a great cup. Look at, he won a great cup. Let's look at... Uh, so did Marcus, uh, Marcus Brady. And I don't know, where does Marcus Brady's name come from? I don't know. You're an assistant quarterback coach? He was in Toronto, wasn't he, once upon a time? Oh, sorry, I I meant to say Marcus Crandall. Oh, (laughs) Marcus Crandall, okay. He won a Grey Cup. Well, yes, he did. And, and, you know, look at John Huffnagel. He He was a career backup, and he was successful. Marcus Crandall, same thing. I'm thinking maybe you should just go for broke and hire Kevin Glenn as a player head coach. How's that sound? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> That'd be cool. <coughs> I don't Do you remember why. today when I said I was going to uninvite you from the show? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I don't know. I don't know who's ever going to be able to fill Wally's shoes. Well, you can't. You can't. I mean, think no, about no it. No different think than, any, than anybody trying to fill Hugh Campbell's shoes or, come on, you know. Come on. Who did, who did Calgary fill Wally Bono's shoes with? Matt Dunnigan. <laughs> Matt Dunnigan. <laughs> that worked well. They the wanted tried a joke it with year, Mike okay? And with what's-his-face, um, Jeff Tedford, neither of those went well either. Well, nope. Jeff Tedford nope. was a better bet than Mike Benavides, okay? At least the guy was a proven, True. successful head coach. He just couldn't grasp the Canadian game after being away from no, for 22 years. Yeah. You're like, isn't there some old, retired, 80-year-old NFL coaches that might be interested? It's worth somebody, Hamilton. Well, somebody actually said Hugh Campbell. And the other day, I went, the guy's 77 years old. He's been retired since 2000. No. And he's done it all, so no. Why would he want to? No. 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 But 
hey, who knows? Who knows? It'll probably be somebody. Just pop Jerry Glanville out of ha- out of uh, wherever he is. Hamilton. Is he in Hamilton? Yeah, yeah I guess gonna, he's in Hamilton. Bring in an old yeah. guy. At least bring in somebody you like Elvis. I, I tend to wonder when uh, Dave Dickinson is going to let Ryan Dinwiddie take over as OC. Or how about, here's a thought, guys. How about Buck Pierce? I, I've i thought about Buck Pierce. I really have. And I don't think Buck Pierce has got enough coaching experience to take over yeah. a head coaching position. That's He's not even the say. offensive he, coordinator. Yeah, but he needs more time. Regardless of what you say for the for for I'd say he's middle of the pack, but look at look at Mike O'Shea. He had no head coaching experience either. I never said he had to be a head coaching experience. I just said the guy has to be a coordinator. And he's not even a coordinator yeah, but, right now. He's a quarterback yeah, but, coach, isn't yeah, but, he? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Mike O'Shea was a special teams coach. Yeah, that's a coordinator, special teams coordinator. Special no, teams. You, you have three teams. You have that's offense, defense, and special teams. teams. Well, well yeah. I know because they got kickers. But <laughs> let's face it: if you got to you got to coach a kicker, you're doing a, you're doing a lot of work. Yeah, but but Buck Pierce, Mike O'Shea, they were players. They know what's going on. Okay, so. Very you few know, coaches um, were never players. Well, it seems more so now than ever before, but, you know, that they automatically go into coaching. A lot of guys never used to go into coaching out of the CFL. You know, Wally Bono is the exception. He has been a CFL guy for 44 years. Yeah. So, you know. Whatever I don't know who they who they, I don't know maybe hey I'm thinking what's his name could be looking for a job this year. Help me I out. Who what his name is? Winnipeg's yeah. uh, defensive coordinator. Oh fuck <laughs> off and die. Hang up. <laughs> no, we're not going there. R- R- Richie Hall. Uh, Richie yes, sir. Hall. Richie Hall. Yeah, let's bring him in. And for these oh, people, uh, for these people, first of all, I'm hearing, I've heard at least three or four people say Jason Moss, and the reason doesn't make any sense. They're like, oh, Jason Moss, because then Mike Riley can come here. Um, I'm thinking Mike Riley wants to leave Edmonton because <laughs> Jason Moss. He wants to get away from Jason Moss. That's not yeah. going to lure him here. What are you talking about? <laughs> And I, I know, know one I don't thing want for sure. Jason Moss here. The Gatorade jugs in BC are shaking in their boots right now. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them here. They are. They are. Bottles around. <laughs> okay. Uh, yell and scream. BC Lions have a. Um, where 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 do you have? Oh, there it is. Corey Hunter. Does anybody know who that is? I've heard of the name. Wasn't he a Tory Hunter player? is the... He used to play. 
Okay, he's the director of player personnel and player development for the BC Lions. Any idea who he is or was? I know. I remember his name. He used to play in the CFL, but I think he was, for Edmonton, surprise, surprise. He was the director in player personnel and player development for the Edmonton Eskimos under Ed Hervey. When Ed Hervey got hired in BC, he hired his old buddy, Tory Hunter, who is Mike Riley's best friend. So you've got the head scout for the BC Lions being Mike Riley's best friend. You've got Ed Hervey, who Mike Riley and uh, Ed Hervey and Mike Riley get along really well. And Mike Riley is uh, Travis Lule's fishing buddy. Mike Riley's wife says she doesn't like Edmonton. Nobody likes Edmonton. But um, there's just way too many coincidences here for it to be a coincidence that, and Mike Riley's not signing a contract. And yeah, I understand the concept. He's waiting to after the um, CBA is done, and you know, so maybe he can get some more money and a better contract and everything else. But the CBA is not going to be finished until. May or June, we might even have a player strike. Free agency is February 14th. Mike Riley will be a free agent before he signs as an Edmonton Eskimo. At that point in time, the BC Lions have the ability to throw the house at him, if they so choose. Mm-hmm. This is not even a discussion topic on our agenda, but you know what? It's part of this. So who is going to come into Wally Buono's position as head coach of the BC Lions? Charles, do you have a, a favorite pick? I honestly, I don't think they could get him. I would like to see Orlando. Are you there, Charles? Will? Did I just disappear? Okay, well, I'm still online. Let's see what happens here. Um, bring in Charles. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. Everything just went dead. So four, eight. Blog talk just shit the bed. So let's see what we can do here and see if we can get uh, these guys back online here. You there, Will? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I guess we're back on the air. I didn't get lost, but both of oh. you guys got dropped. Yep. So let's phone Charles and see what's happening. That was weird. Okay, you're back. Yeah, they had Blog Talk kicked you both out and then put me on mute. Okay. That's, you got to love Blog Talk. Not really. No. Okay, so where were we? We were talking about uh, – you were saying that you'd like to see uh, Orlando Steinauer. And I think you finished your thought, and then I was saying something, and we dropped. I don't know. Okay, let's just move on to the next subject. 
The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are coming off a bye late in the year. Is this a disadvantage? Wow. So are the Edmonton Eskimos. They have one this week, and uh, Saskatchewan has one next week. So are these bye weeks late in the year a disadvantage? What's your thoughts, Will? Do I have Will? Gone again. Jesus Christ. All right, maybe I ought to stop talking about this topic because it keeps cutting me off. I, I, I've moved on. I've moved on to yeah. another topic, but you guys weren't around. Okay. So um, let's get Will back in here, see if we can get him back in here and see what happens. Yeah. I'm going to have to stay on the blog talk screen. Again. I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, I'm sorry. It's not me, it's Blog Talk, and and she hates us. Okay, so the next segment here is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are coming off a bye week late in the year. Is this a disadvantage? Edmonton has their bye week this week. Saskatchewan has it last week of the year, uh, which they could then have two weeks in a row having their bye because they are uh, possibly getting a home playoff date. No, they wouldn't get a bye. That would be Calgary that would have the bye. Sorry. They could get a bye. They could get the bye if they knocked out Calgary from first place. So they could have two in a row, which Calgary's never liked. Is this a disadvantage to a team having a late year bye like this? Will? Um, I wish Calgary had a late year bye this year. Yeah. Because it would give them it would give them more time to practice and get some chemistry. Okay. More time to practice. <laughs> And get some chemistry. Um, but you know what? The last two years, it hasn't affected Calgary going into the playoffs. And I think not last year, but the year before, they had like 21 days in a row off before the Western Final. And Which they, they won the Western, won Western, Western Final Western and then Final. lost the Grey Cup. Yes, they did. That's correct. Yeah. So, and I've heard rumors that it was Bo Levi's uh, fault. So, um, anyways possible so week 12 was the last week the bc lions had a buy so they haven't had a buy in eight weeks do i think that's a disadvantage yes because later in the year you are playing hurt there isn't a single player except maybe a kicker who is playing on that field that is not playing hurt of some kind some bruise some bash up some something hurts okay and they haven't had a rest in the last eight weeks going on tw- 10 weeks by the time the season's over. So, yeah, I think that's a disadvantage to the BC Lions. Do I think it's a disadvantage to having a late buy? I don't think Winnipeg's buy is, is going to hurt them, but I think Saskatchewan's on the last of the season may hurt them, especially if they get the – the, the buy in the first week of the playoffs. Charles. Yeah, but what worries okay. what worries me about a team like Saskatchewan is that gives Chris Jones two weeks to come up with some bizarre defense. Yeah. And sometimes and sometimes you you on a one game thing it, it will win games for you. Oh, without so. question. 
It could be an advantage to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Do I think it's an yep. advantage or a disadvantage to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers having a Week 19 bye? I don't think it is. I think that having a Week 19 bye just allows them to heal a little bit and get their their mind in a better state. Personally, Edmonton's um, Week 20 bye. Well, you know, if it was Week 21 bye, then that would actually be the end of their season in Week 20. That's happened to teams before, isn't it? They don't get to play in the last week, and they don't get to play ever again. Uh, I don't know. Charles? I personally don't like the late-season late, late season bye week. I'd rather get my bye weeks out of, this, out of the uh, way early. I think it's better for the team uh, to – when you wrap it up for the playoffs, I, I think it's better to um, maintain momentum. I think that when, you, um, when you're on the bye – uh, you, you lose something, First, especially if you got that last week by, and let's say you finish first, and then you got to buy the last week, and you don't play for three weeks. I think that's a lousy. I think you, you're playing with fire. Yeah, teams can still uh, win on that. I'm not saying they can't, but I think personally that it makes it tougher. Um, I think that when you're a team, you want to be trying to gain momentum and. By gaining momentum, I think the buy stunts that somewhat. It stops any momentum you have, and it's almost kind of like a restart. So personally, I don't like the late the late season buy. I think it's uh, I think it could be more of a hindrance than a help. Yeah, but okay, having three buys before week twelve, that's not so good either, well, is it? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that's it just spread out stupid. a little bit more. I mean, BC should have had a bye in week 15. That would have been ultimate, right? Sure. 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, I, I think, I don't, I do not think this is a disadvantage to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think it, it's a, it's a buy at one of the best times. Unfortunately, they were on a four game roll. And if they come back without their head in the game, they might get their, their, their pee-pee whapped by Calgary. Let's see what happens. Okay. Um, segment eight. Hamilton Tiger Cats are starting life without Brandon Banks. Do they have a life without Brandon Banks? I think that's a better question. Charles. No. Uh, Brandon Banks is their big play guy. He's their big ticket guy. I think he's really the heart. Well, him and Jeremiah Mazzoli are the heart and soul of that team, really. And Jeremiah Mazzoli can do it to an extent, but they just simply can't make up for a guy that impactful. He can burn you as a receiver. He can burn you as a kick returner. They can run him on an end around. He can do so many things for that offense. He, Even if you're not throwing at him, he'll oftentimes draw double coverage which opens stuff up for other receivers. I just think that's such a big piece of the puzzle for Hamilton. He's the number one target for Mazzoli. Uh, I just don't see them. Uh, I think he's too big of a piece to replace at this point of the year. Maybe earlier in the season if they could make a trade and bring somebody else in. To I don't think it would necessarily, um, necessarily uh, replace them all together, but maybe to at least take up some of the slack. 
But at this point, I just think that's too big a piece to lose. Agreed. Will, what's your thoughts? I uh, personally don't think one player makes a team. And, yeah, he's an important part of their team. But, you know what, they still have, uh, I mean, Mark Way McDaniel started their last game, the last two games. He's a competent receiver. He's not a burner. But they they have that guy, come on, from, uh, he used to play for BC, did he? Sinkfeld or Sinkfield. Yeah. There's a, there's a competent wide receiver right there, okay? So I, I still think uh, this team is Jeremiah Mazzoli, and he makes everybody better. And I think they'll work it out with the receivers. Might have to run a little bit more, but they should be doing that anyways. It's wintertime. So I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. I'm not totally convinced that BC Lions skipped a beat when we lost Manny Arsenal. Everybody else I don't just think kind you of did. stepped up around. I, I did. I don't I think... think they... What's that, Charles? I think they did. You think For... they did? We, we went on a six to one games. burn. Yeah, the, the, that was well after Arsenal. Manny, one, when they lost to Manny, they were still uh, in that slump, and it took a little bit of time to come out of that. And they brought in guys like they brought in Posey. They brought in um, who was the other receiver they brought in? They brought in Devere Posey, and they brought in. Um, I guess it wasn't a receiver; it was a running back, Sutton, but. There, there again, you brought guys in. This is what I was saying with Brandon Banks, uh, is that they don't have any chance to bring guys in. The trade deadline's gone. There with the Lions, I think they struggled a bit, and then they brought guys in, and they started to, and then it started to improve. Right. That's why the parallels to 2011 are valid. Right. So, I mean, the argument that we've had this week with. Um, Bomber fans was that Bombers have signed some guy and they're getting somebody off the injury list this week, and that's why on a bye week they 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 rose in the power rankings, is because they got to be a stronger team even though they didn't play because they got players back or they signed an, a free agent, and it's a valid argument. I can't find an argument. I can't counter that one. You know, it's hard for me to say no. You guys are idiots. You can't do that. No, it's a it's a valid point. So let's see what happens. Did they be, did they get stronger on their bye week? Depends on whether or not these guys have any time to uh to get their shit together and play football. Life without Brandon Banks is not too much life at all. Hamilton Tiger Cats don't have a plan B. Nope. I'd like to say that they're going to step up and play football, and that's kind of why one of the big reasons why I think that the easier route right now is through the East. Because if you get a Hamilton team without Brandon Banks and you get a Trevor Harris on a bad Trevor Harris day, mm-hmm. it's, it's a walk. Even if you get Trevor Harris on a good Trevor Harris day, he's still doable. Yep. So we just lost Will again. 
Jesus. Well, I don't know really, what Will? happening. But he, he, he just said it dropped again. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Ring a dingy dingy. Hello. Hey, Will. Do you want to stick around? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll try doing I do. It. Okay. Well, okay, stop okay. kicking me out. Yeah. I, it, it's not me. It must be Charles. What am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think Blog Talk Radio. I think Blog Talk Radio lady is a is a Saskatchewan fan. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Personally, I think she's an Argo fan, but that's beside the point. Otherwise, why is Frank still on the air? Oh my God! <laughs> Did you say that? I did. I don't, only because I, he I, only because I, he was being a dick on on the on the post today because he should have just I, I, minded himself and shut the fuck up and not to say anything about it. But because I, I don't do that, I don't trash po- him. I listened to his podcast the other day. Part of it, I don't think he has anybody on his podcast because he talked he, he talked for twenty minutes straight. He does that. That's nothing new. So, you know, what can you do? But anyways, what are we talking about? What are we talking about now? We're talking about a recent article that says that TSN should stop combining CFL and NFL stats when it comes to records. Do we have a problem with them using the combined stats? And the argument is that should the CFL include NFL stats when they deal with a, a player and what his worth is? Uh, because the NFL does not take into consideration anything that a player has done in the CFL. It's not, vi- it's not reciprocated. So if it's not reciprocated, so should the CFL consider stats that are, are done south of the border? Right. Now, the problem that I have with this more than anything is the article is done on Sportogenic.com. Yeah, I don't know what, what is site is. Sportogenic, because sports is in no our idea. DNA, is their tagline. So, why is this article, who has Rod Black on it, relevant to us? Part. Like seriously, I don't understand why this. You picked it, Charles. Sorry. You tell us why this is relevant. You tell us, should they combine the stats? Is it acceptable to combine the stats from two different leagues? It is his pro football career. Yeah. And you know what? I don't have an issue with it. I mean, sure, they're different leagues, different rules, and so on. But it's still, when you come right down to it, football is football. It's played on grass. It's played with... uh, well, I guess 11 and 12 men, but you throw the ball, you try and get 10 yards, you run the ball, you try and get rid of 10 yards, and you, you um, score touchdowns and you kick field goals. I don't see why it's a big deal. I mean, you compare the guys in the different various leagues. Um, the NFL's not going to do it. I know the NFL's not going to do it. They, they don't know anything outside of the U.S. borders even exists. So the, the, I get why they do that, but... I have no problem, especially if you're talking about guys who have played in both leagues. Why not add it up? It's all part of one career, and um, 
you know, they've got the record of Anthony Calvillo with the um, uh, most yard, passing yards in pro football history. We had the one just recently where Lewis from Ottawa kicked the most consecutive um, foot field goals. Field goals. Uh, and that that one I have no problem combining. A 40-yard field goal is a 40-yard field goal. It doesn't matter if you kick it in the U.S. or if you kick it in, in Canada. It's still a 40-yard yeah, field goal. Yeah, it does actually. Why? Because it's actually it's actually 50 yards in the U.S. Because the goalposts are at the back of the end zone and the end zone's 10 yards deep. Where in the CFL, they still calculate the yardage the same way. It doesn't do they? Doesn't make a difference. Yes. So they kick yes, it from the 30-yard line. It's considered a 40-yard field goal. Yes. Yes, it really? is. Really? Yes. And why are yes, they got it, it at the back of the end zone? I don't know. That's why they put it there. I don't, I've never understood why. Because the difference. they're Americans. They screwed it up. Yep. Hmm. But they don't calculate the yardage any differently. You know what? Speaking of stats, I had a real problem last weekend with was it was it the dude James Franklin broke? Was it Doug Flutie's record? Yes. Yeah. Uh, for what is it? Most touchdowns in a season? Rushing touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns. What a bunch of crap. In what Why? capacity? James Franklin has been a second-string quarterback his entire career. So how many no, of those touchdowns? He, he was third-string for a while. Oh, yeah, whatever. No, no, sorry, sorry, that was Matt Nichols. How many of those touchdowns did he get from the one-yard line? Well, how many did and how many touchdowns? get from the one-yard line? The majority. And it, no. it's touchdowns in a if season. If you watch Doug way. Flutie, not pardon me, touchdowns. I know it's touchdowns in a season. Yeah. I know it's touchdowns in a season. If you ever watch Doug Flutie, not all of his touchdowns were from the one yard line. Agreed. No. I, I think that's a I think that's a stupid stat. And if it's a backup quarterback, what a bunch of crap. Just my well, opinion. I mean, he's still scoring the touchdowns, whether it's from fifty yards or one yard. He's still the one carrying the ball across the goal line. Now, I kind of understand Yippee. what you're saying, but, but he's still Yeah, he's no, still the Charles, I, I'm mean, not buying that argument. Well. Yeah, he he brought it in the end zone, but, yeah, from one yard. I, I yeah, agree okay. with, with Will in the concept that if you ran it in from the 10 or even the 5, it's more impressive than a, a, a behind-the-center one-yard rush. Or, or, or those, if although the, the BC Lions can't do that. If you're the starting quarterback, okay, then I could believe it. You mean like Mike Riley? So, there you go. Well, yeah. Mike, Mike Riley doesn't have a, a backup quarterback that takes his short yards. He just stays yeah. in there and does it. And there is an argument to make, too, because as a backup quarterback, you didn't get your team to the one-yard line. No. 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 Where Doug Flutie got his team to the one-yard line. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that—that's the problem that I have with QB stats and the fact that throwing court, throwing touchdowns. So if you've got thrown a touchdown at pass, or you throw a pass and the guy runs down and gets tackled on the five-yard line, and some backup quarterback comes in and punches it into the end zone, you get no stat for that. Yet you're the one that marched them down 15 plays down the field. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even, 
or even for that matter, the other night, the Ottawa-Hamilton game, Dominic Davis got three touchdowns. Okay? He's yeah, a horrible he quarterback. For three plays. Four on four carries. Right. Right, and and he was on he was on TSN, he was on TSN celebrating and and going on about three times. It's like really, come on. Now now Devere Posey got three touchdowns, and that was worth celebrating. And they were impressive, and they were impressive. Okay, they were impressive. They weren't one yard plunges. No sir. So. Yeah, I understand that, and uh, breaking Doug Flutie's record always. Yeah, I think that one needs an asterisk. 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 Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Okay, that's segment nine. That's the end of our agenda. Oops, my mouse is upside down. Okay, so let's flip over to let's. Yeah. Oh. oh, who is this? Who's Doug what? Flutie coming. Doug Flutie in the shotgun. Drop kicks it through the uprights. Yes. I remember that. Playing for the New England Patriots? New England Patriots, yep. Cool. Okay, so we don't like Chris Jones's idea of running Charles and Hughes. We don't like Johnny Manziel being hated in the Alouettes dressing room. Uh, how many people think? How many people think the Stamps will choke again this year if they make it to the Grey Cup? That's one of the poll questions. I basically don't think that. I don't think they're going to make it to the Grey Cup. So. I was going to say we we didn't we touched on it briefly earlier, but I know it. Uh, got a lot of discussion going, Ed Ganey's tweet about Regina <laughs> being boring. I, I don't know if we should. I, 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 I think we've done Saskatchewan Rough Riders enough tonight. I don't know. Right, if, well, really, I don't think we could dig ourselves a bigger hole, but. Well, come on. It's Canada's team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why don't yeah, we I'm, talk about Ed? Why don't we talk about Ed Hervey's comments? About the difference between between being the general manager in Edmonton and BC, and how Edmonton's just interested in bringing in concerts, as opposed to BC has real football concentration. I didn't. What see does that. that tell you? You didn't see that? No, I no. Sorry about it. All over the place. Where where would this be? Where is that? Oh, it's everywhere today. It, it can't possibly be on um, uh, the CFL site, so it's got to be on TSN. I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking for. Yeah, it that's right what now. he said. I wish I'd have seen that. Please I'd have put that on the look harder. Right away. Look harder. Because um, they talked about it on uh, on. Uh, on uh, Sabalski and on the Waggle today, so really okay. Yeah. Um, oh, here we are. Mika Aw is expected to be good. back. That's a good news. So, could you repeat it, Charles, just so I okay. make sure I have it right? I'm just trying to bring this. I'm bringing this article. This is an 
Another Three Down Nation uh, story. Um, what really? Is it here? Okay, Regard- here's a quote from Ed Hervey. Regardless of what happened in the past and those things over there, priorities over here are just so different. It's just let's win. Let's be about the fans. Let's go out here and give them something to be proud of. We're not trying to be concert promoters. We want to win football games. End quote from Ed Hervey. Needless to say, Ed Hervey will never be a GM in Edmonton again. Nope. That's true. He also yeah. went on to say, I'm all about winning. That's why I'm glad to be here and excited to be with people who put winning as a priority, like Wally Buono, Mr. Braley, and Rick Lillashore. That's what's refreshing about being here. So... He is not uh, a fan of Edmonton, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos um, franchise at all, apparently. No, no, he's not happy with them at all. So it would not, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know what to say about that one. That's just, that's wow. I wow, how to, that, how to throw yeah. your former team under the bus. No kidding. There's obviously bad feelings still there. Uh, that's quite clear from the from the statements. And also part of that story was that he was glad to make the playoffs on, Ed, on Edmonton's backs. Basically, he was glad it was the Eskimos that they beat to clinch the playoff spot. So he, it's clear that Ed Hervey still... Uh, harbors some ill will towards that franchise. Because I do remember a lot of people being surprised when Ed Hervey was fired there. And a lot of people complaining. I remember one that used to be on this podcast that was extremely upset. So there's something there, obviously. And you know what? And I hate to say this, but she was kind of right. I think Ed Hervey's actually did quite a good job here. Yeah, we, we she said that we would with what happens with him at the end of the first year and second year, and so mm-hmm. far I am not displeased with Ed Hervey. I I had some hiccups. There were some things that he did that I did not like, mm-hmm. but I don't even remember what they are now. So they obviously weren't very important. That's true. But you look at him. He's gone out and gotten guys. He got went out and got Sean Lemon. He went out and got. Um, Devere Posey went out and got Terrell Sutton. Yeah, I think it's like Anthony Gator and Ronnie Yell were a little uh, little iffy for me. But, yeah, Yeah. they went went out and got Odell Willis. Odell Willis is another one. And you look at that defense right now, and it's really being led by Sean Lemon and Odell Willis, two guys that Ed Hervey brought in. Yeah. And as I said moments ago, Micah Awe is going to come back and – and that's another scoop for we'll give it give that scoop to Ed Hervey because yeah. bringing him back from yeah. the NFL was a brilliant move. I'm still kind of uh, sad about Adam Big Hill though. I'm I still haven't gotten over that. Yeah, but I don't think there was any room for him either salary cap or positional wise. And I part of me says he's coming back because this is where he wants to play. And part of me says that he's where he's at because that's where he wants to play. 
Mm-hmm. I think and he loves the fan culture. You know what's funny about this, too, is that I'm looking at this article, and I just typed in Ed Herbie, clicked on the fa- the link, and it was on the, uh, the Facebook page, Edmonton Eskimos Empire. And there's a bunch of comments underneath, and almost to a man, the Eskimos fans are backing Ed Herbie here and calling for Len Rhodes to be fired. They just missed Which the playoffs. They're about to miss the playoffs. Of course they're yeah, no calling kidding. for Len Rhodes to be fired. And Herbie's team is going to make the playoffs. So I guess there's a reason they're pissed. I guess they have every yeah. right to be. I I don't know what the uh, – I think Jason Moss is going to be fired. Len Rhodes should be fired. I don't know about um, Brock Sonderlund. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he's done a particularly good job, to be honest. I don't think he's done a particularly poor job, though. No, and he's only in his first year, so yeah, he may be okay. They may give him more more leeway, especially if he decides that he wants to um, get rid of um, uh, Jason, Jason Moss. Moss because he inherited Jason Moss. He was not a Brock Sunderland hire, and typically when uh, GM takes over, he wants to go with his own coach, and he didn't get a chance to do that. And I'm thinking maybe they give him a chance to do that. Oh, where is Sunderland from, also, though? He was from the Ottawa Red Blacks, Ottawa, where Jason Moss Ottawa. was. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's true. And he did he did give him a contract extension this year, so. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not flying too well with me, but okay. Anything else on that one? I like I like that article. That was good to talk about. Mhm. Well, that's funny. It's funny. It started on a, t- a different article, but it morphed into that. But it was a good article. I agree. I'm looking for the uh, uh, three down nation power rankings. You seen them? Uh, I know they're different from the NFL, from the uh, CFL ones, which had BC in first place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw I'm a not... couple today that had BC in first place. I'm not buying that one. No. Why not? Because I don't want to see them in first place because then they're expected to win. I'd rather have them sneak around. Mm. I don't know. That's just me. That's just personal. What about this six-year-old that knows more about football than you? Well, let's see if they do. Prove she knows more football than me. Yeah, I'm having issues with that. Maybe they're just talking about Toronto Argonaut fans. Uh, maybe, which then I could see it. Yeah, There's also probably a really not. good article. I, I don't know if you guys got, saw it on CFLDCA. They did kind of a profile of football fans south of the border. And we've talked about this before, about American football fans. And one of the guys they featured is actually a guy um, that I've actually conversed with a few times on Twitter, a guy by the name of David, who's actually a uh, high school teacher in Tennessee who is actually a rabid CFL fan. Basically, I follow him on Twitter, and almost every tweet he has, 
is CFL related. And this is some guy that lives down in Tennessee. Who just can't argue with that football nut. Yep. But that is one person out of three hundred and fifty million. Oh right. Well I believe they discuss other people there. He's just one of the guys uh that they profiled because he does so much tweeting about the CFL. Oh yeah. No, I'm not they, they not having a problem with that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Okay, what else have we got for um, – what can we talk about here? Site C Dam or the Trans Mountain Pipeline or <laughs> – Well, one, one thing we should do is that we should uh, put out condolences to the family of former Alouette coach Rod Rust, who passed away today at the age of 90. He was Very also true. a uh, assistant coach with the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I believe, yes. Yeah, I believe he only coached to one season, though, with the uh, Alouettes. Montreal Alouettes defensive lineman Woody Barron co-authored a children's book. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Do you guys realize that, uh, uh, come on, Lou Ferrigno played in the CFL for two games? I did know yes. that. Was I believe Ottawa, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Toronto. Toronto. And, I did hear and, that. and in a game, he broke a guy's legs, both of them. He's the Incredible Hulk. What do you expect? <laughs> He's he the said, big green guy. Oh, I, smash. He was on a – he was – he, Sobalski interviewed him today, and, uh, and he said he was – so much stronger than every other 260-pounder on that team. And I can believe that. Don't yeah. make him angry. You won't like him when he's angry. But but, no, but no, he no. said he'd, he, 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 he'd played football for his father. He didn't like to hit people. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a true statement there from what I understand. Yeah. Um, you guys want to hear, see something really funny? Go over to YouTube and search Hulk versus Loki. Okay, and and watch the Hulk versus Loki. It's only ten seconds long, but God, it is funnier than hell. Okay, the Loki smash. Puny God. Anyhow, sorry. I, <coughs> I like the Hulk. He's one of my favorite characters. You also like Loki. I don't like Loki. Why would I like Loki? Okay. I don't know. He's a dweeb. Don't like he Loki. Work of him. Yeah. You thought? Yeah. Did you see it? Puny God. Yeah. You can't talk to me like that. I'm a god. Puny god. Oh, what do we got here? Oh, former writer's defensive back Justin Cox arrested by Regina Police. Oh, who's surprised (laughs) by that? Another writer arrested. Oh, sorry, former writer. Oh, God, you guys are digging it deeper. But at least he's a former writer. Come on, come on. Oh, okay, I didn't know what was going on there. I thought somebody got kicked out again. 
No, that was me. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. I, I know I don't want to be using the term killing time here, but we've got three minutes and 30 seconds left on here. Where do you want to do? Uh, do you want to just end this show, or do you want to talk some more football? What's there to talk about football? Do you honestly believe that Winnipeg is going to beat Calgary, or Calgary going to beat Winnipeg this week? Who's going? To, who's really? Let's not pick scores. Let's not pick anything else. Who do you think is going to win, Will? Do you honestly think Calgary's going to beat Winnipeg? Um, you know what? If Calgary does not beat Winnipeg this weekend, um, I think their season's over. I think their season's over. Okay. They just, um, yeah, I, they really need this win this week. They're they're falling like a stone, and a loss this week might just be the nail in the coffin. I agree with you. You didn't answer my question. My what? question? I, my question was, do you honestly think Calgary is going to win this week? Yes, I yes. do. Okay. Okay. Charles, do you honestly believe that BC Lions are going to beat Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan? Yes. Okay. Because I think last week's game was a coming out party for their offense. That's the best their offense has looked probably this entire season, especially in the second half. And I think they're starting to click where they haven't done it before. And if you've got that offense clicking with the way the defense has been playing, I think they can beat anybody in the league, no problem. That was the Edmonton Eskimos defense. I am, the I'm aware of that, Rough Riders defense what? is not the same. True, but they've also played other weak defenses this season and didn't look nearly that good. Agreed. So, but are they? The Edmonton Eskimos, Edmonton Eskimos offense is better than Saskatchewan's by far. And by away. far, by far. And the defense yeah. shut them down. Yeah. Well, they still got thirty-two points, so that's not really shut down. I would say that's not shutting any team down if you're going to give up thirty-two points. Well, you yes, just, but they you got just twenty-one of the thirty-two in the first. In the first half, and in the second half, they they went into lockdown mode, and they barely got any points. They got one touchdown and one field goal on a stupid, confusing call, but whatever. Okay. Uh, and I I also believe I also believe BC will beat Saskatchewan more so than I believe Calgary will beat Winnipeg. Okay, that's good. I got to end the show now, guys. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 292. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We've talked football and talked football and, uh, you know, whatever else we can talk about. Mostly a lot of bullshit about the riders and, and how, anyhow, we're not even going to go there. We've got 30 seconds left. Charles, say goodnight. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this weekend's games, and we'll talk to you on Sunday night. Definitely. Will, wrap it up, my friend. Good night, everybody. Watch those two games on Friday and Saturday because they'll be barn burners. Barn burners. Calgary weekend. Don't forget the Sunday game. Yeah, the Sunday game. Go Montreal.